Hey guys, it's Simi and this is Sprossling Unlimited as we are here on the 22nd of December 2022 to talk about everything that went down tonight on AEW Dynamite. I thought tonight's show was actually really good. It flew by. I'm going to say that for sure. Like, they go, after this next break, we've got our big trios match main event or something like that. And I go, hold on, main event already? What time is it? And I'm like, we're an hour and a half through this show. Holy crap. We're an hour and a half through this show. I thought we still had a whole hour left to go. No. This show flew by. Had good action. I thought all the matches tonight were pretty good. I liked everything on the show. I trying to think back. I liked everything except for, you know, the, the Wardlow Sean Dean thing. It was like, okay, eh, we're getting Wardlow over big. We're just trying to squash match Wardlow. I didn't hate it, but it was kind of just there. But regardless, I thought tonight's show of Dynamite was really, really good. We got a big surprise early on in the show as well. So, yeah, kudos to AEW putting on a good show. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And Twitter.com forward slash PW Unlimited. Remember, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can subscribe just like Rosario did today at tier one. Rosario has done that now for 10 months. I really do appreciate that. But if you say, I ain't got the money, I'm paying for other subscription things like Amazon Prime, well, you're in luck because if you've got Amazon Prime, you've got a Twitch account, you link those two things, ka-ching, and boom, you've got a Prime Gaming account. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool different things. Prime Gaming gives you free games, free stuff for games, and always one free subscription to any, 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 any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to. And I greatly appreciate it if you subscribe right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But on the flip side, if you're watching over on YouTube, you can help us out over there in the live chat. Did I say 2022 Chase Douglas? I apologize. 2021. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got confused because I said December 22nd and the 22 there made me say 2022. If I did say that, eh, it happens. It happens. But with that, if you are watching on, on YouTube, you can help us out in the live chat with a super chat or a super sticker donation. Also, remember, you can hit that join button down below to become a channel member. There you get early access to news, early access to podcasts, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Plus, you can subscribe patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. But another way you can support us that ain't going to cost you anything extra if you're already buying something there is the Epic Game Store. On the Epic Game Store, whenever you buy anything, whether that is on the store, through Fortnite, or through Rocket League, it's going to ask you if you have a creator code and you do. Your creator code is PWUnlimited. Use that creator code, and it really, really, really does help us out. Whether you're getting that new Battlefield 2042, Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate, buying V-Bucks for Fortnite, skins for Rocket League, or even claiming the free games, just like Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden right now. Claim those free games. Put in this code. You will be supporting us right here. PW Unlimited. It's super simple. You're doing it on Fortnite. There's a place in the store area where it says you have a critter code. Put this in. If you're buying something on the actual Epic Game Store, right before you hit checkout on the right-hand side, it's going to say, do you have a creator code? You do. PW Unlimited. And it's the same thing if you're claiming a free game. Yes, claiming a free game. It will still ask you if you have a creator code. And this doesn't cost you anything extra if you're already buying something off the store or, again, claiming that free game. But with that, we've got AEW Dynamite to talk about as this show, as I stated, Pretty good. I thoroughly enjoyed tonight's AEW Dynamite. Taz was once again on commentary with Excalibur and Tony Schiavone filling in for Jim Ross, who they state will be back next week. Jim Ross, I think, has four more... No. A Friday... 
two or three more treatments for his skin cancer, and then he should be good. He said everything, you know, he posts updates on Twitter and stuff, and he has said that everything's going well right now, so that's good to hear. They will be in Jacksonville next week where he's been living because when they were filming everything in Jacksonville over the last year, Jim Ross said, I don't want to do all this traveling, so he bought a house. He just bought a house in Jacksonville. And that's actually where he's also doing his his treatment at the Mayo Clinic down there. So they're in Jacksonville next week. He doesn't really have to. Well, he's got to commute, but he doesn't have to travel. And it'll be an easy, easy, easy job for good old JR. I was glad to hear that he's back next week for sure. Well, hopefully for sure. The opening match tonight was Adam Cole against Orange Cassidy. This went over 15 minutes. It was pretty much nothing, to be completely honest. The guy, the two, so, so here's the thing. Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy worked very well together, but the match itself was kind of just a match. There was nothing special about the match. Nothing wrong with the match. Like, nothing, no bad stuff. Like, they didn't mess anything up, to my opinion. The match is just kind of there until the end, to be completely honest. So after some silly shenanigans early, they wrestled around for a little while. There were a lot of back-and-forth exchanges where each man tried to one-up the other, and then the other would get the upper hand, and then the other would get the upper hand. And this went, went on for quite a few minutes. But the heat came when Adam Cole countered a close escape into a backstabber. Orange tried to come back by pushing Cole off the top rope and hitting a swinging DDT for a two. Now the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler would come out onto the ramp. But Orange dove onto Cutler and the best friends came out to fight off the Bucks. This distraction was enough to allow Cole to repeatedly throw Orange into the steel steps. And these steel step shots looked a little cool. Oh, uh, that didn't probably feel good for Orange Cassidy. Orange did avoid a running knee, though. And Cole went knee first into the steps ahead of a commercial break. Once back from said break, they had a forearm exchange where Orange did fake strikes. Orange avoided a thrust kick and hit one of his own. Cole then turned the follow uh, turned to follow this up with Yushigiroshi and got a two off of it. Cole landed a pump kick, but Orange countered with a suplex into a stunner. He then hit a diving DDT and got a two off of it. Cole hit another Yushigiroshi and a pump kick. Orange cradled him and hit a Michinoku driver and got a two. He put on the shades and climbed the ropes. But he dove right into a super kick. This is a cool looking spot. I really like this where he jumped off the top and cool super kick. Or as, as Steve Carino used to say, super kick. I miss Steve Carino on commentary. Him and Kevin Kelly were so good together. So good. So, so, so good. Um, where was I? Cole then hit the Panama Sunrise, but the but went for a cocky pin attempt and only got a two off of it. Yeah, two point eight. Pulls down the knee pad, Adam Cole. That is, but Orange avoids the boom knee and hit a beach break for another close near fall. He set it for the Orange Punch, and Cole rolled to the floor. Bobby Fish then ran out and distracted the official, allowing yes, the debuting. Kyle O'Reilly to take out Orange Cassidy. Kyle looked, I don't know. The way Kyle did his little spin around, it looked a little weird for some reason. I don't know why. It just didn't seem fluid. It kind of seemed like hit, stop, spin, hit, stop, hit, hit, kick, boom. I don't know. It just, it, it didn't seem fluid as we've seen or. or uh, Kyle O'Reilly do stuff like this in the past. It just seemed a little off. I don't know why, but it just seemed like it was like, move, next move, move, think next move, move, think next move, kick, kick, boom. You know what I mean? It wasn't just like, boom, kaboom, 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 like we've seen Kyle O'Reilly with his Muay Thai judo stuff in the past. But regardless, big pop from the crowd when Kyle O'Reilly did appear. Cole then landed the boom and picked up the victory. After the match, O'Reilly jumped on Orange Cassidy and started pummeling him with punches. Adam Cole pulled them off. Best friends would run down, and they brawled with the former Undisputed Era, except Cole. O'Reilly and Fish got the advantage and took out Trent with a high-low. They all then stood together in the ring 
as the Young Bucks walked out, because, you know, they got ran off earlier, and then they came back out now, and they're like, what, what's going on here? They get into the ring. They're kind of standing in the corner, and Adam Cole's standing there in the middle. You got Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish on either side of him, kind of looks back at the Bucks, and Matt's giving him this look like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? And then, well, Adam Cole leaves with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Now, I don't know what they're going to call this group. I've seen a lot of different, what's the word I'm looking for, suggestions on Twitter tonight. The Undisputed Elite. The All Elite Era. The Elite Era. Elite Undisputed. I don't know. They can't be Undisputed Era. That's trademarked by WWE. I have no clue what they call them. I kind of want them to just get away from the Undisputed name. Because the crowd was chanting right after the match. Even, yeah, it was right after the match. Because the O'Reilly showed up. Boom, boom, boom. Everything went quick there. But the crowd was chanting, Undisputed. Undisputed. And, yeah. No, I didn't mean except Roderick Strong. I didn't say anything about Roderick Strong or want to say anything about Roderick Strong because people ask me. I got like three different messages tonight. Oh, so how long till Roderick Strong comes in? Then we get the full Undisputed Era. Not for a while. Roderick Strong this past summer signed a brand new contract with WWE, like right before they fired his his wife. Literally, they said, we're going to do this. You're going to be the leader of this new group called Diamond Mind. It's going to have these guys, and your wife is going to be in it, and you're going to have Malcolm Bivens as a mouthpiece. Yeah. So he signs a new contract thing, and it's all great. This is the story I've heard, at least. Signs a new contract thing, and that's all cool. Great. I'm going to work with my wife. They were on TV a couple times together, and then apparently the story goes, we don't want a female in this group anymore. All of a sudden, your wife has been released. And then all of a sudden, oh, they were throwing Ivy Nile in the group. After we'd said we didn't want a female in the group. So it's like, what are we doing here? But Roderick Strong, unless he gets, and I hope he doesn't, because I don't want to see anybody lose their job, unless he gets released. He's stuck in WWE for, I want to say, at least two and a half more years, because WWE don't sign nothing but three, at least three-year deals. Like, they don't sign less than three-year deals, WWE. So, unless he gets released... Somehow, and I doubt he's going to say, hey, can I have my release? Because they know what he's going to do. He's going to get his release and go straight to AEW. They're not going to allow that. They're going to say no. No. And to be honest, to be honest, I think WWE, and I don't like talking about stuff like this, but I think he might be exempt from releases because they know exactly what would happen from him, with him. That he would get released, go straight to AEW, and get put in a prominent role with the other former Undisputed Era guys. So honestly, I don't think Roderick Strong gets released from WWE at all. I think he's going to have to wait out his contract, just like Adam Cole did, just like Kyle O'Reilly. Here's the thing, when they released Bobby Fish, they weren't thinking, and a lot of people weren't thinking, oh, he's going to go to AEW and be with Adam Cole. Because Adam Cole wasn't even gone yet when they released Bobby Fish. Adam Cole was at a SmackDown in a meeting with Vince when the news came out that Bobby Fish was being released. So them releasing Bobby Fish was kind of like, yeah, we're just going to get rid of him. But now it's a little more like, ooh, Kyle, he let his contract expire. There's nothing we can do about that. But Roddy, we can just hold him here so he can't go over there and have success. And that's something I can wholeheartedly see WWE doing. So unfortunately, I don't see Roderick Strong leaving WWE till at least 22, 23, 24, 2024. Because if we say he signed a three-year deal in the summer of 21, then that would be 22, 23, 24. Yeah, 2024 that his contract could be up. And it could have been a longer deal. I don't know. But we know that WWE normally... Likes to sign guys to three to five year deals. So next up, they recap the 60 minute title match draw between Hangman Page and Brian Danielson. Cool little video package here. Excuse me. Can't stop burping. So we then got a pretty good segment here, I might say, between Adam Page and Brian Danielson. 
Tony Schiavone was in the ring wearing an Jacksonville Jaguars Christmas sweater. Sure. I get it. Your boss owns the team. Or your boss's daddy owns a team and your boss helps run the team. Whatever. AW World Champion Hangman Page was brought down for an interview with Schiavone. Page was asked about how close he came to winning before the time ran out last week. He said that after 60 minutes, he was handed back his championship and he somehow never felt less like a champion. I kind of like that line. Like, yeah, per the rules, I retain the title, but I couldn't beat the guy though. That's that's basically what it was. And I like that line of, I de- I've never felt less of a champion, less like a champion, because it's him saying, I technically retained my title, but couldn't beat the guy. Danielson would come out and interrupt up on the ramp, and he called Paige entitled, an entitled millennial. He said that Paige shouldn't be disappointed. The fans should be disappointed, because if anyone should be AEW champion, it's him, Brian Danielson. Danielson said, I'm not here to cry. I don't complain, but I know I've got my rematch coming up on January 5th. Danielson then blamed his loss on wrestling so much before that match. He's like, I fought Uno, and I fought um, Silver, and I came in with the bum leg a little bit. Like, like the Silver match, I hurt my leg a little bit. And this, and this. So he's making excuses as the heel does. He's like, but this time, I ain't wrestling next week. I ain't wrestling in two weeks. I'm not wrestling until I get my rematch against you. And so, Danielson said that he didn't want Paige to stall for an hour again, though, as Paige, or as Danielson says that he did two weeks ago. This time, there will be judges in case it goes to a draw. In case this match goes to a draw, there will be judges sitting in ringside. We don't know who the judges are or how many judges, but if this goes to a 60-minute draw again, Judges will score the bout and pick a winner. Page says, if there had been just three more seconds last week, he would have pinned Brian Danielson. Uh, going forward. Sorry, I got, I got a message that we're going to talk about, actually. Um, Where was I? Page said, you know, this last week, I've been thinking of a lot of things. Could we say this next match is no time limit? Uh, steel cage match, ladder match, Iron Man match. No, we're going straight up once again. He said he recommended that Danielson play up to the judges. because That will be the only way he can win. Page says that he will win and defend his title right in the middle of the ring. I thought these two played off each other well, as they have over the last month. So I really enjoyed this segment. And I'm like, I wish they would do something different for the rematch because it's literally just three weeks later. Like, we had the match last week, and then three weeks later, boom, we're getting it again. I wish there would be some sort of a step so it's not just another straight-up match. I get it. There's judges there. But who really believes that this is going to go another 60? I don't think this goes another Broadway. I really don't. So the judges being there is just a moot point. It's just a, hey, just in case, but everyone probably knows we're not going 60 again. I mean, honestly, it should be like a no DQ or something. That would be fucking fantastic. Austin Saturday, you're half right. The finals of the Owen Cup is at double or nothing next year. But the tournament, both the men's and the women's tournament, will begin before double or nothing. And then the finals are at double or nothing. No clue who the judges are going to be. I think AEW has done judges once before. I'm trying to... I think I got it here. Was it this match? So it was Cody challenging Jericho for the world championship. They had judges at ringside. 
but I can't remember who the judges are. Here's the press release from AEW announcing the that they're going to do judges, but I don't remember who the judges were. Let's see. Uh, full gear. Let's see. Um, judges, judges, judges. Let's go, judges. Arn Anderson, Demon Linko, and the Great Muda were the judges the last time AEW did this. I don't know. And that was before Arn was linked with, I think it was before Arn was linked with, it should have had to have been. Yeah, it was before Arn was linked with Cody because Cody had MJF at the time. So maybe they have the same three judges. I don't know if they would get Great Muda again. They've got Arn there every week. They got Dean Malenko there every week. So they would need a third judge. Hmm. I don't know who though. I mean, Dean Malenko would be a fantastic judge, especially since it's, Danielson in there, and he's very technical and all that, so we'll see. But going forward, I do want to say thank you to Jack Dawson for 21 months as a YouTube channel member. Just keep up the great work with the best stuff you do. Really do appreciate that. Uh... No, it's always freeze using Google Docs for some reason. I don't know why. Here we go. In the back, we got the pinnacle and MJF. MJF thanks Spears for being a really good accountability buddy last week. He then asked Wardlow, quote, pay a ton of money for you to protect me. Correct? Before refocusing his attention on CM Punk. MJF said that FTR are a family, which Punk knows nothing about. He said Punk's rusty and has chosen, chosen an early retirement. Jack said, they don't have a problem with Punk. They didn't have a problem with Punk, at least. They will always back family. He said, quote, when you're pinnacle, you're always on top. Next up, we got Wardlow versus Sean Dean. This was nothing match. He hit Sean Dean with a couple power bombs and pinned him. I think it was four. Spears then came in, hit Dean with the chair. We're out. That was it. Cool. Video package hyped up Friday's TNT Championship match between Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes. Remember, that is airing on Saturday. They're filming it tonight, but Rampage is airing Saturday because starting at 9 o'clock on Friday, Christmas Eve, 24 hours of a Christmas story. Yep, 24 hours of a Christmas story bumped Rampage to Christmas Day. A, a, a marathon, not of multiple Christmas movies, a 24-hour marathon of the same movie playing over and over and over again. Bumped it to Saturday. I'm trying to think how long, for as long as I can remember, they've been doing this. 24 hours of a Christmas story on TNT. Like, I remember this as a kid being a thing. I've literally only ever seen the movie once. But I'm trying to think. Hold on, let's Google this really fast. How long... There in 24 hours of a Christmas story. Wow. Okay, this goes way back than longer than I thought. So this states. Um, da -da 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 -da. Uh, the network's 24 hour marathon airing a Christmas story, which began every year since 1997. On Christmas Eve, runs through the day on Christmas Day and is the most watched program on cable both days. When was this written? Hold on. This was written. Uh, and see, there's the other thing I was thinking. Back in the day, I always thought this was a TBS thing. But this year it's on TNT. That's I, I, right. So this was... Article here I'm reading. I want to say from 2019, maybe. It says TBS, 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 TBS. 
So has it always been TBS? That's what I always remember. TBS, uh, 24 Hours of a Christmas Story. Or it's like, 20, like, I remember back in the day, it was like 24 Hours of a Christmas Story on the Superstation, TBS. But I guess it's on TNT this year, so cool. But yeah, it started back in 1997 that they started airing the 24 Hours of a Christmas Story. God dang, that is how many years? Uh, This year will be the 24th year they do it. Holy crap. Um, fun fact, why do they do 24 Hours of a Christmas Story? MGM practically gave the movie away when it tossed a Christmas story into a deal in order to simply meet the 50 movie quota agreed to with TNT and Turner. Cable number TNT first aired its 12 showings, 24 hours marathon as a stunt in 1997, but by popular demand and good ratings, they just kept doing it over and over again. So in 97, they did it as a stunt just to see if how people would receive it. And they received it so well that they're now doing it for the 24th year. Holy shit. Going forward, Dan Lambert was up top of the building with the men of the year. He had an earpiece in his ear. It's like telling him when it's time to stop talking. Because if you don't tell Dan Lambert to stop talking, he's just going to keep going and going and going like the Energizer Bunny. Dan Lambert, flanked by men of the year, began to speak from the top of the stands. He insulted the fans and talked himself up before turning his attention to Tony Khan, calling him Tony Khan Man. He insulted, uh, where was I, saying that Tony Khan, you got to be in your his good graces to move up in this company. He said that if you're not an EVP, then it's not easy for you to get chances and opportunities. He brought up the Scorpio Sky and Paige's, then Paige, he brought up Scorpio Sky and Paige's accolades. Saying that, oh, what's Cody done to, quote, get another title shot? Be TK's friend? He said that TK's trying to get him to get the fans to cheer Cody. Even though, quote, Cody's a bigger dick than he is. He said the next time Paige or Sky get a title shot, will bring the gold to American Top Team. They really played it up that Cody could be winning this belt. They really, really played it up that Cody could be winning this belt. Um, and I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to give spoilers because I know Dynam or Rampage is being filmed. It's probably about done being filmed by now. So we will not talk spoilers for Rampage and the TNT title match coming up this week. You want to look something else up, not related, really quick. Um, da 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 da. This. Mm-hmm. No, that's not what I want. That's not what I want. Interesting. Okay. Anyways, back night. So, Britt Baker, Rebel, Jamie Hayter, and Tony Schiavone were in the back having a, quote, Christmas party. Britt said, yeah, we ain't having any more parties in the ring. We know all that went last time. Baker insulted Greensboro, and it was interesting. Here, hold on one second. So the show kicks off, and like, we're here in the great historic Greensboro Coliseum. It's so good to see wrestling fans finally back in Greensboro. And I go, what do you mean, finally back in Greensboro? Like, it's been a long time since fans have been in Greensboro? Bro! Fans were in Greensboro, wrestling fans, on November 26th for Friday Night SmackDown. They're out here making it seem like they brought wrestling back to Greensboro. And I'm like, no. SmackDown was there three weeks ago. Just, just, just little things. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? 
oh, it's great to see fans finally back here in Greensboro. Like, no. You guys have never been to Greensboro, so it's not like you're saying it's finally great to see the AEW fans back in Greensboro from the last time we were here. No, you guys have never been to Greensboro before. But to say the fans, to, to say that it's been like a long time since fans have been to Greensboro for a wrestling show, SmackDown was there three weeks ago. Anyways, moot point, I'm getting off on a tangent. Sarah Baker talks down about Greensboro. She says she has Jamie Hayter to back her up against Riho at Battle of the Belts. She said Riho had no chance to dethrone, has no chance to dethrone her, especially for all of Britt's hard work. And thinking of Battle of the Belts, what is that show really going to be? It is a one-hour special. One hour. Nothing more. Who the hell cares? It's just another episode of Rampage. But we know that the woman's title's on the line. It's January 8th. What other titles do they put on the line? The World Heavyweight title? What match do they do, though? Because three days prior is Paige versus Danielson. So does the winner of that match, which I assume would be Paige, defends this title at Battle of the Belts? Or do they do the TNT title at Battle of the Belts? I honestly... I mean, they could do three matches. They could do three. And they do like the women's tag and the TNT or the women's tag and the, the main, the world. But it's an hour show. What are you going to do? A 15-minute match? A 20-minute match? And an 8-minute match or something? I don't want to see a sub-10-minute title match. Because it will just, no. So is this going to be a two-match show? Are there going to be any segments on the show or just straight up just wrestling? We don't know. And I don't know if they... Fully 100%. No, I assume because Tony Khan likes to book things in advance and have a plan. But it's just... <sighs> I'm not hyped for this at all. One hour special on a Saturday night. There's plenty of more things that I could do better on my Saturday night. It's not like it's a pay-per-view. It's not like it's a two-hour loaded show. We've seen how bad AEW does on TNT on Saturday nights. With two hours of content. With big matches. And granted, they're trying to put... Big matches on this show. But I haven't seen a single person say that they're excited for Britt Baker versus Rio at all. At all. I know I'm not. That's to me just a match. So, playing Battle of the Belts. You're calling it a big TBS special or TNT special? I think it's just going to be another random show. And it, not, as far as ratings do go and popular, or ratings do go in interest. I don't think it does any better than a, in a dynamite. Oh no! And I'm not talking about a Wednesday dynamite. I'm talking about a dynamite on another night, like a Friday or a, or a Saturday. Uh, Melvin says, "Why can't AEW Battle of the Belts be two hours instead of one?" Beats me. I have no clue. Tony Khan reiterated in a recent interview, either yesterday or today, it's a one-hour show. That's all it is—a one. Our show. I don't know why they're not giving them more time. Give them two. Give them three if it's a big. Because they're doing these quarterly TNT specials. Give them three hours. It's a Saturday night. What else do you have? Another running. Another airing of the accountant. Fast five. Wedding crashers. Hold on. Out of doubt. Well, maybe TNT schedule. Let's see what else is actually scheduled for that night, if it goes that far. Ooh, we're just shy. The TNT schedule only goes January 4th, which is Tuesday. January 1st, the week before, you have hockey. I doubt they have hockey, because they have hockey on January 1st because it's the the... What do they call it? It's on the tip of my tongue. It's the Blues versus the Wild. It's the 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 Winter Classic or whatever they call it. That's airing on TNT this year. But like other things on that same day. Avengers movies. Three Marvel movies. A bunch of NCIS and Legend of Tarzan. Like, okay. Nothing special. And I doubt that that next Saturday is going to have anything special that they can't bump or pull it's just going to be another marvel movie or another airing of the accountant that we've seen a million times before to aw jack reacher wedding crashers fast five that we see often on there so it's like 
I don't know. What are, we gonna, what are they going to show us? More Bones and Charmed? Anyways, I don't know why it can't be a two-hour show. I don't know why it can't be a three-hour show. Give us pay-per-view quality on TNT. Give us three hours. I know people complain, Monday Night Raw is three hours long. Okay, yeah, every week. But if it's supposed to be a big-time TNT quarterly special, then it needs to be more than just an hour. Going forward, been a great video package talking about, well, Owen Hart. Video package aired with people sharing their, their memories of Owen Hart, whether that is as a fan or as a colleague. We had Owen, uh, we had Mark Henry, Adam Cole, Matt Hardy, 2.0, Eddie Kingston, Dustin Rhodes, and Sean Spears all speak on what, well, Owen Hart meant to them. Again, whether that is as a fan watching Owen back in the day or as a colleague of Owen's back in the day as well. They stated that the Owen Cup starts next year, early next year, and will culminate with the finals of both the men's and the women's tournaments at Double or Nothing. And speaking of a women's tournament, we got a semifinals match in the Women's TBS Title Championship Tournament. And this match, better than I expected. Ruby Soho and Nyla Rose. Before the bell, Rose attacked Soho during her entrance. She couldn't get her jacket off. Uh, Soho's getting beat down. Finally, uh, Nyla Rose rips the jacket off of her. It was like stuck on her wrist for some reason. I don't know if that was supposed to be like that or not, but finally gets the jacket off of her. They go at it for a little while before Soho countered a hip toss into an overhook hold. Rose reversed a trip into an STO before beating down her opponent on the outside. Soho tried to fight back and charged at Rose, but Vicky pulled Rose out of the way and Soho went crashing into the steel steps. After a commercial break, Soho started a comeback with some kicks and a big DDT for a two. Rose rolled to the floor and grabbed a steel chair, but Soho drop-kicked it into her face. Now, at this time, actually before this match, there was a fan sitting ringside with a very, very, very bad sign that stated, Nyla Rose is this guy's dad, and then there was an arrow pointing to the guy standing next to him. And I'm like, oh my god. You're going to pay all that money for front row seats and bring that? You moron. Well, when I said I got a message I'm going to talk about, I was told that the guy was ejected. The guy was removed from his... I don't know if he was ejected from the building. He was removed from his front row seat. I was told that the man was removed from his front row seat. Uh, Going forward... Soho climbed the top rope as Nyla Rose was being checked on by the official and Vicky Guerrero pushed her off the top. Rose then hit a flying knee drop and got a two. They had some sort of a strike exchange, kind of. I mean, the, it looked like they were kind of pulling their punches a little bit, not making them really look that hard. For Soho locked in a dragon sleeper. Vicky interfered yet again and took a kick for her troubles. Rose hit a beast bomb and got a very close near fall off of it. Soho then hit the no future. Out of nowhere, pinned Nyla Rose and has now advanced to the finals of the AEW TBS Championship Tournament. So, Ruby's in the finals. She will now take on the winner of the match between, um, it's on my tongue, why can't I think of it? Thunder Rosa and Jade Cargill. I think, to be honest, it's going to be Jade, and Jade beats Ruby. Jade, first TBS champ. Jade, first TBS champ. Waylon, don't be dumb. I should time you out for that stupid comment, but I'm not going to. I should really, I'm not even going to read your comment here, but don't be dumb, Waylon Way. I should time you out for that stupid, stupid comment. We've got another video package recapping the feud that I guess is now over between Hikaru Shida and Serena Deeb. Next up, we had Malachi Black against Griff Garrison. Garrison surprised Black with the Tope Suicida right away. Black cut off the follow-up with a low kick and a takeover into a heel hook. He continued to target Garrison's left leg. Garrison came back with a cracking forearm smash for a two, but his leg was too injured to follow up. Black teased the kick, but instead locked on a single-leg Boston Crab and quickly got the submission victory. After the match, Pillman jumped in because it looked like Black was going to go after Garrison some more. And Pillman 
Got a kick for his trouble. Next up, we send it to the back. Matt Hardy was backstage with Private Party. He congratulated Jurassic Express on once again becoming the number one contenders for the tag team titles. I'm like, fuck, gee, how many times are these guys going to be the number one contenders? Like, give it to somebody else. But then Matt started going on, talk about how Isaiah Cassidy is going to take on Jungle Boy. And if Isaiah Cassidy beats Jungle Boy, then Private Party will become the top contenders. No. I didn't know a singles match counts for tag team rankings. And then Matt says that that Isaiah Cassidy's going to pound Jungle Boy's ass. Or he said, he said, in that match with Jungle Boy, Isaiah Cassidy's going to pound that ass. And then it's just weird hearing Jungle Boy say ass multiple times. Jungle Boy's like, oh, you're going to pound my ass on Rampage? Well, listen here. I'm going to beat your ass or something like that. I'm like, ooh. Christian then talks for a moment before plugging, hey, hey, go to go to AEW shop. We got a new limited edition shirt. It's only going to be there for a limited time. I'm like, okay. But as far as this week's AEW Rampage does go, again, airing on Saturday after the conclusion of the 24 Hours of a Christmas Story, we got Jungle Boy versus Isaiah Cassidy. Chris Statlander will be taking on Layla Hirsch. Hook. We'll have his second match against a bear. Hook is fighting a bear, Bear Bronson. And the TNT Championship will be on the line when Sammy Guevara defends against Cody Rhodes. Next week, we got New Year's Smash, AEW Dynamite. Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz will be taking on Daniel Garcia in 2.0. And I kind of go, we just saw this, but with just a couple extra guys. This is just a rematch, to be honest. It's like people shit on WWE for doing too many rematches. Late 2021, we've seen a lot of rematches in AEW. They said that Jim Ross will officially return next week. TBS Championship Tournament Semifinals, Jade Cargill versus Thunder Rosa. And a big trios match, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish will be taking on Orange Cassidy and Best Friends. Also in two weeks, January 5th, the first AEW Dynamite on TBS. The AEW World title will be on the line when Hangman Page defends against Brian Danielson. Then... We get our main event of tonight, the trios match, which AEW has been doing a lot of these trios and these six man tags and eight man tags and 10 man tags. It's like, fuck. Yeah. They know they got a lot of people on their roster and want to try and get as many on TV as possible. Cause last week's rampage, it's all a six man and an eight man, or was it an eight man and a 10 man? Something like that. And I'm like, Ooh, wow. but this was really cool because sting comes out. And he's got his normal face paint-ish. But then he's got the, the CM Punk logo of the hands and the thunderbolts. Lightning bolts. Really cool. Darby comes out wearing some old school Sting looking purple face paint. And then Punk comes out wearing some Surfer Sting face paint. Super dope. Super dope. As they take on the team of MJF, Dax Harwood, and FTR, the Pinnacle. I thought this match was a really fun main event. Really, really, really fun main event. One of the better main events we've seen... On Dynamite in a while. Some Jeff and Punk started it off, but the former immediately tagged out to Dax Harwood. Punk and Dax traded slaps, but Punk quickly gained the advantage and tagged in Darby as Dax escaped to cash. MJF tagged in. Once Punk re-entered the match, MJF ran away, forcing Cash to get in, and then Punk chased him through the crowd, and they ran around the building. Punk... Uh, but once Punk re-entered the match, oh no, I read that. Uh, ba -da -da -ba. Sting made it in for the first time here and wrenched Cash's arm before going for the Scorpion Deathlock. Cash rolled to the floor to escape. Sting shrugged off some chops from MJF. They battled to reach their corners until Sting just took MJF down with a clothesline. MJF continued to flee when Punk tagged in. This is when they ran through the crowd, actually. I was wrong. This is when they ran through the crowd. Punk was in hot pursuit, leaving Darby and Sting by themselves with FTR. At least he didn't leave him, like, outnumbered. Darby took out FTR with a great Tope Suicida ahead of the commercial. After the break, Darby tried to fight off all three opponents. But he was sent to the floor and then into the barricade. At one point, MJF came in, the face buster, and then an inadvertent headbutt to the groin. Punk got the hot tag and fought off both members of FTR with drop kicks before hitting the Bulldog clothesline combo. He followed it up with a Tope Suicida and a diving crossbody for a two. 
Punk called for the GTX. GTS. But Dax got the tag. Punk hit a neckbreaker. Got a two off of it. He climbed the ropes, but Cash grabbed his leg, allowing Dax to pop up and chop Punk's foot. Not quite his foot, but like knock his footing out of place. I wrote that way wrong. <laughs> Dax hit a superplex, a superplex, and Cash landed a top rope splash for a near fall. Darby took out Cash with a wild crossbody to the floor, and Punk rolled up Dax for a two. Then there was something at the, the timekeeper's area, but they didn't catch it on camera, so it's like, oh, what happened there? I don't know. Dax and Punk traded forearms in the center of the ring. Punk went for the GTS, but FTR countered into a big rig, forcing Sting to break up the pin. MJF hit a DDT on Sting, but the big man popped up, stooped Punk from escaping the ring. Sting sent MJF over to the top rope onto FTR. MJF landed literally right on his head on the floor. Oof, that looked like it hurt. Sting then hit a top rope crossbody on all opponents on the floor. Yes, this 60-something-year-old man jumped from the top rope to the floor. Punk tagged in, called for the GPA, GTS. Dax pushed MJF out of the ring and took the bullet. Dax took the GTS, Scorpion Death Drop, and the Coffin Drop. Punk covered for the win, but here's the thing. Did Dax ever actually tag in? I could be wrong in thinking this, but I never saw Dax tag in. I guess when he pushed MJF out of the ring, that's considered a tag? Whatever. The three baby faces celebrate, and the show goes off the air. That was it. That was AEW Dynamite. A pretty, pretty good show, in my opinion. Lesson Saturday in the chat says, just do trio titles. They do six mans all the time. That was the plan in early 2021. So in February of 2021, there was supposed to be a Jericho Cruise. The Jericho Cruise was where they were going to, to crown Trio's champions. Jericho Cruise got canceled, moved to October, and yeah. So there was a plan for it, but it just never materialized. Hot Rod Bubba says, it's not Trio's championships. That's Trio's championships from Lucha Underground. Uh, Hot Rod Bubba, you're wrong. That's not what Sin Saturday said. Sin Saturday just said, let them do. Why don't we have trios championships? Since we're already doing a bunch of six-man tags. And we've got a lot of groups and factions and stuff in AEW already. So I say, I'd say it's well overdue. Well overdue. And it would be something different that I think only in America ROH has. I don't think any other mainstream company in the United States has trio championships or six-man tag titles other than Ring of Honor. But with that, that is what I thought of AEW Dynamite. Now I want to know what you guys think of tonight's AEW Dynamite. Remember, you can put your super chats in the YouTube chat to make sure your comment, question, or concern does get read live on the air, or you can text in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510 510- 906-1341. Um, this person here says, I'm curious why AEW Rampage is on Saturday other than the fact that it's Christmas. Well, I already talked about that. They got preempted and pushed from Friday to Saturday for 24 hours of a Christmas story. This person here says, now that Kyle O'Reilly is in AEW, do you think Roderick Strong comes to AEW? I think it would be amazing we already talked about this. He's under contract for at least two and a half more years. Three, maybe. I don't know exactly. Uh, yeah, Waylon. We talked about MJF's bad fall where he landed right on his head. Um, this person says, I think it's a shame that Kyle O'Reilly will always be a follower following Adam Cole everywhere instead of doing his own thing. Well, that's not quite 100% true. So, yes, he and Adam Cole were immediately put into a group upon coming to WWE and NXT. Yes, he is immediately put in, we assume, with Adam Cole in AEW. But it's not like he was with Adam Cole and them and stuff before WWE. No. They feuded before WWE for years. Yes, they teamed up a little bit, but they feuded for years before going to WWE. They're really, really close friends. So them being together all the time, I have no, no qualms with it. Um, this person says, do you think if Julia Hart return, do you see her as a heel joining Malachi Black, helping him in matches if I have come up? No. Why? That makes no sense. 
You're trying to say she got misted it in the face. Now she's one of his. That makes no sense. Because then everybody that's been misted in the face before should be a follower of black. Like, heck. And that's not how it works. Finally, this person here says... Da, 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 da. When do you think CM Punk versus MJF one-on-one -on -one in match... Do you think be a first TBS show, AEW, or in March, AEW, David? Okay. A lot of run-on sentence there that I can't comprehend. I think he asked, when do I think they're going to do CM Punk versus MJF? I think it would be smart to do it now. Do it on January 5th. Then MJF can beat Punk and move on to challenging for the world title, which I hope it's still Hangman at Revolution, and then MJF takes the title from Hangman at Revolution. That's my future booking. Beats CM Punk, becomes the number one contender, beats Hangman at, M at Revolution, boom, your new world champion, MJF. With that, guys, that was tonight's AEW Dynamite. I thought it was a pretty good show. Remember, Rampage is on Friday. I will not, I repeat, I will not be reviewing SmackDown this week. I will be at a family gathering for Christmas Eve. So I will not be watching SmackDown Live. If there's news throughout the day, well, there won't be any news regarding SmackDown because SmackDown was filmed the week before. But any news on Friday, we will put out like normal and whatnot. But I will not be streaming on this channel on Friday. I don't know what time our family thing is going to be done on Friday. So, and then Cold Cuts KC is going to be there with me on Friday. But, and I call it, I'm not, I guess I can call it a family thing. They consider us family, wouldn't you say, KC? Anyways. Anyways, I got a, a Christmas Eve thing, so I won't be streaming here live, but maybe if I get home at a good time, I'll stream some games over twitch.tv forward slash TimmyBuddy, like I'm going to be doing in a little bit tonight. Remember, follow me, twitch.tv forward slash TimmyBuddies. I'm going to be playing some games over there in a little bit once I get this podcast edited for the audio listeners. Yeah, we're going to have a good time over there. Have some fun, play some games. I may do a couple of different games, not quite sure yet, but follow me over there, twitch.tv forward slash Timmy buddy hit that follow button to make sure you know next time I go live and let Twitch know you like what I'm doing but with that guys that was AW Dynamite I thought it was a really really good show wait I forgot the polls hold the phone the polls and then we're done uh Twitch poll everybody like Dynamite 100% YouTube poll 83% like Dynamite 11% thought it was just alright and 6% did not like it. As far as the Twitter poll does go, 79% liked tonight's Dynamite, 12% did not, and 8% thought it was just all right. But with that, guys, have a great night. I'll see you Monday. Is the next time we'll be streaming on this channel. But I should be streaming periodically over the next couple of days as well. Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy. But with that, guys, have a great night. Have a great Christmas. And I'll see you next time. Actually, we might be live tomorrow morning for the Jesse and Timmy show. Jesse had to push it back a day. Hopefully everything materializes to where we can go live tomorrow morning. So we may be live tomorrow morning with the new edition of the Jesse and Timmy show. Hopefully we'll see you there.